and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 449. That's right. We're going to be talking Justice League Last Ride number four and a couple other quick things. But, uh, you know, before we even get into it, I, I was I was like, man, am I even reading the right issue? Did five come out? Because we, you and I actually spent some time talking about issue four so much off air. Yes. After number three, I was like, wait, we've already talked about this, haven't we? Yeah, I... Th- it, 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 I had a similar reaction actually when I, when I when I was when I was digging through the my pile of comics not much not not that it's really that big of a pile but grabbing the stuff that's in the, the computer room here and it's like first I had to make sure I, I knew I had it and it was like there was that brief moment when it was like do I really have it or do I just remember what was in it because Chad told me and then it's like yes no I knew I actually picked it up and there it is and it's like is this the current one we didn't do this one yet and it's like no no we didn't. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're talking about number four. I'm just going to go ahead and go straight over to like the final pages because I know that the, the creative team is on the final page rather on this one. So we have Chip Zdarsky as our writer. Of course, Miguel Mendoca is the artist. Uh, Enrique Angelini is the colorist. And World Design did the letters. Derek Robertson and Diego Rodriguez did the cover. Tiago Da Silva did the variant cover. Katie Kubert and Michael McAllister are our editors. And then, of course, we have our creator credits for Batman and Superman. So we open up in a flashback talking about basically everything that has happened on the planet Apocalypse, the stuff that split the League apart, why they hadn't gotten together in a while, what happened to John Jones, essentially uh, as the Justice League is fighting the forces of Apocalypse uh, and everything that's going on there, I forget. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. Do we remember why they went to Apocalypse in the first place, or is it just another, you know, Justice League versus Dark Side sort of situation? Oh, from for a minute, I I I was thinking of the of the current reason they're going. No, the back then I I I. I almost want to say we don't know because since we're kind of like dropped in the middle of this whole conflict that was going on in these flashbacks, I don't necessarily. I don't know that it matters because we talk. Yeah. We talk. So basically, guys, we're where we're opening here is with Martian Manhunter and Batman discussing what's going on, and Darkseid has some boom nukes set to go to Earth. Now I don't know if that's the reason they're there. Uh, like what the whole conflict is because, and the reason I bring this up guys is because it's not just the justice league on apocalypse. It looks like the forces of Themyscira are there with wonder woman as well at the very least, if not more people. And it's a straight up big ass war, like outside the gates of dark palace. But anyways, 
Batman's in there trying to figure out a way to shut down the boom nukes, which if you couldn't tell, they're nuclear weapons or basically explosives with the power of a nuclear bomb that have their own dedicated boom tube so they can, you know, just straight up launch boom tube, be straight at the destination. There's no way to shut them down. So Batman starts thinking of other options such as, um, defending it from Earth, but there's no way to tell where those boom nukes are going to show up. So uh, as all this is happening, someone is pounding on the door trying to get in, and of course it is uh, Calabac. Calabac and John go up against one another. Uh, Batman calls for Wonder Woman, but she is down. She's in her... That's her Kingdom Come armor, right? That's where that first came up. The golden winged armor uh, yeah, probably that might that could have been the first appearance of it yeah uh she's in her golden winged armor we saw it in the, 19, the 1984 film uh batman figures out we can't really do anything about the nukes but we can shut off the planetary power supply he locates where that is and he says uh, uh the power source is in the core i need someone to tear through the safety hatch and drain it and Wonder Woman says, I, I could try, but I've sustained injuries. John says, I'll do it. John, John John's Martian Manhunter says, I'll do it. Uh, and meanwhile, over on the comms, Superman, who is facing down Darkseid over on Oa with Hal and company, says, your weakness is fire. This is going to kill you. Uh, Superman says, I'll do it. But uh, Batman says, Oa is too far away. You won't make it. We need to shut this down. Superman tries to go for another way. As he's fighting Darkseid, it's not going to happen. He gives the direction. Batman gives the directions to Martian Manhunter. He tries to tell him sorry, and he and they shake hands. And Martian Manhunter says, "I know." Uh, Superman's trying to get him to not do this, not allow him to do so. All the while fighting Darkseid, still alongside Hal, Martian Manhunter finds the tunnel down to the core and the hatch. Uh, it was built for heat, but not impact. So he punches his way in. Superman is screaming to not let him do this. Uh, meanwhile, Hal is left to face Darkseid alone, essentially, because all the other lanterns are down in the background. He's got a construct shield against him as Darkseid's punching against it. Superman straight up yeets out of there and uh, <laughs> just leaves Hal by himself with Darkseid as he's rocketing towards uh, uh, Apocalypse as fast as possible, trying to get to Apocalypse to stop John in time. But John opens the, the shield to shut down the power uh, and he gets through and he does so, but he dies in the process. Uh, or will we assume we see him get blasted with heat. We know fires his weakness. Um, meanwhile, flashing back to now ships are all bearing down on um, apocalypse from orbit. Uh, uh, John Stewart and wonder woman are out there to defend it. Uh, John tries the diplomatic approach uh, and just warns them to turn back. Uh, otherwise, we'll have to disable. They immediately start firing on them. They start going up against the ships and uh, the, the space crew that are going out to face them. Meanwhile, back over on Apocalypse, Batman and Hal are trying to activate Apocalypse's defenses. Uh, but how are we going to do that? The power to the planet is dead. Well, Hal's a walking power battery. Meanwhile, they, they dodge a couple of traps um, you know, Hal says, nobody blames you for what happened. And Batman says, one of you does. Hal says, you know, the typical Superman blames himself, but you know, Batman thinks he's right because even though he wants to be in the right place at the right time, Batman is the guy who should be two steps ahead to put him in said right place. Uh, over, uh, in, 
Decides torture chamber or summer home uh, where Lobo is being kept. Superman and Flash are staying, stay, uh, standing vigil. Uh, Lobo ha- talks a bit about uh, the mu- the murder of the new gods, and he says he never actually finished him off. I fragged my share of that bounty, but I ain't a hired ki- killer. I just brought him what was left of them to my client, and he's the one who finished the job. Superman tries to figure out who that is. Lobo's not going to say anything. Out in space, Wonder Woman and John are taking on the forces and the ships and doing a fairly good job of it until uh, John gets punched into the side of a ship real hard and it's Mongol. And then Superman and Flash have a bit of a conversation about how this kind of stinks to high heaven. And, you know, so it was the biggest murder in the universe, but there was no follow up. Uh, It feels like a trap. Meanwhile, over on the horizon, we see an army of flying manhunter robots uh, and a big ass tank. And standing atop the tank, uh, the leader of these manhunters, Cyborg Superman, who has green skin, purple lights and three little dots on his forehead, which can only mean this is Cyborg Superman somehow merged with Brainiac leading an army of manhunter robots. <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> so <laughs> move along, move along. <laughs> oh, man, it reminds me of uh, what was that meme that came out? Because, you know, like the motivational posters, um, it was a yellow lantern Batman poster. Was that what it was? I'm trying to find it because someone is like, uh, I know it was Green Lantern. It was the image of Green Lantern Batman. The, the Ethan Van Skyver variant cover or whatever. And, it, and, you know, rather than like, you know, awesomeness or whatever, it was like uh, overpowered. <laughs> so never mind. I'll, I'll have to find it some other time. Uh, but yeah, this, this, this says, this says overpowered with one image without actually saying anything. <laughs> Cyborg Superman leading Manhunters somehow combined with Brainiac. <laughs> That's intense and yet somehow he'll lose <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm sure and probably the next issue oh yeah so it was the image of, of green lantern batman from that van skyver variant it said overpowered because giving the goddamn batman a superpower that is based on intelligence willpower and imagination seemed like a good idea at the time <laughs> yeah i can see that yeah Oh, but uh, no. So what do you think of this? I mean, obviously, we know that you're a huge fan of Cyborg Superman. So the, with the with throwing in both Mongol and Cyborg Superman in here, there's a huge, uh, uh, you know, and Brainiac uh, and Brainiac and the Manhunters. There's a lot more to be uh, taken in by here. I really enjoy the Batman how working together since that's not really a team that we get that much of and usually there's so much tension just between the two of them but in this alternate and this alternate universe there's so much bad blood between batman and, and superman that i guess hal looks like batman's best friend <laughs> in comparison it was kind of shitty for superman to just leave hal there all by himself it's like losing sight of the prize i mean that's that's what that's what it's kind of what it seems like in, in in the in the big picture it's like we understand why he was doing it, but yet on the same level, it's like, you know, you could be basically sacrificing one, one teammate for another. <laughs> Except by the time you get to where you're going, you may not, even, as, it, as it turned out to be the case, 
it's kind of like you're wasting it's you're wasting you're wasting your time like you're going back and forth between two places and my stupid tangent that just popped into my head thinking about this it was like actually in the not that it wasn't the battle of waterloo but it was the two battles that took place two days before and there was a french reserve corps that basically spent the entire day getting conflicting orders between marshal ney and napoleon so he basically the reserve corps basically spent the entire day marching back and forth between the two separate battles that were going on and so they had no factor in either battle. And if they had just shown up on just one of them, they probably would have been decisive. And, of course, his, the whole history could have changed one way or the other a couple of days later for Waterloo. But that's essentially what happened. They wasted their time. And Superman's doing the same thing. He, he could have basically been killing Hal in his attempt to save John. <laughs> but, hey, it's Superman. Got to save, gotta save everybody. and He should be able to save everyone and be everywhere every time. So. It makes me wonder if Darkseid knows they're on Apocalypse in the past. You would assume he would. That's that's what I would think. Because if so, apparently Superman is beyond flash levels of fast flying. Because Darkseid says, uh, talking to your friends, Kryptonian, your heroes, extinguishing like candles one after another millions of light years away. Superman's trying to get from Oa to Apocalypse, which, according to Darkseid, is millions of light years away in the span of a few moments. How fast is Superman? Like, I, I know that's a that's a I mean, sometimes we just Superman is is the deus ex machina, you know, where we're just going to give him, you know, whatever the story requires. But flying millions of light years within the span of a few moments, I just like, I know Batman says you can't make it, but Superman must believe he's able to make it and is only wrong by, you know, a a slim margin. Otherwise, why would he even try? Like if you can't even get halfway, why would you like, and that's so obvious. Why would you try? He's Superman. Damn it. He thinks he can make it no matter what. I know it's, Because even tell me the odds. Even saying that, part of me is just like you know, Superman's not thinking in that moment. It's it's an emotional reaction. His friend's about to die. Damn it, I'm gonna try. Yeah, I'm sure that's all it was, really. I'm I'm sure he wasn't sitting there literally calculating what you know the the odds of the odds of the odds of his success. But Uh, it's it uh, you know it's a small thing, but I like this. I like so on on the panel where Superman saying, "John, your weakness is fire. This will kill you. I'll do it." I like the design of Oa in the background. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to skim through this again. I always I always like it when the power battery takes less of a town square sort of vibe, where it's just basically it's on the same foundation as the rest of the city surrounding it. It's smaller than some of the buildings that are around it. Um, I like it when it's, you know, it, it's this it, Oa is in the center of the universe and they're the headquarters of the Green Lantern Corps. The power battery should be one of the biggest, most ornate, like massive on a pedestal sort of things out there. I've never liked it when the power battery is just sort of on the ground with everything else. Um, so I do like that it's sort of like, on this hill and it, it it dwarfs everything around it and the city spreads out from it. I think that's kind of cool looking. No, I agree. It's a, it's not ex- exactly what we normally get, but it, but it is a, it's a look that works. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually one of the problems now that I think about it, I have with the movie. Cause it's, they, they make the central power battery, like the core of the planet, right? Yeah. The source of it was from, from, from the, from the, it was definitely in the, the, the core. Yeah. It was just like a kind of a ball floating in the core of the planet with energy shooting outwards. And the closest we think we got to sort of like a central point which wasn't even really a central point was the, the green and green lantern symbol that Sinestro standing in front of. We never actually saw a central power battery. Did we, unless we're considering the core of that. Yeah. I thought that I, I have always thought the symbol was supposed to be, maybe was supposed to be the, I haven't seen that movie in so long or that part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just, obviously I just we remember know- him and Tomar flying and then they get to one of the Emerald shoots and they dive down and they go through these tunnel this this straight burrow tunnel and then they it all converges into this big ball of energy that it all shoots out from right and that's the cl- we've never we, we of course we saw the individual power battery but we never saw the central power battery unless that ball at the center of the planet if that was even the center of the planet is supposed to be it anyways yeah i i this there's there's not a whole lot actually learned here about the past so it just seems like it, you know honestly it kind of works it, it's not this very it's not a super unique threat uh that it's just you know almost yet another confrontation with dark side it's just batman didn't anticipate and superman couldn't make it it's just the one time something happened to go wrong i like that it's not like you know a super unique dark side is planned for every contingency. There's something, you know, there's a new villain afoot or a new power. Nobody could possibly account for that sort of a thing. I think I thought that was, I thought that was interesting that it's just the justice league doing what it normally does, what we've seen them do a thousand times in the past, but just this one time it failed. That's a good assessment. That's a good way of looking at it. Cause you can't win every fight. So you know, keeping continuing, you know, it's what comics does, but continuing to increase the power, the uniqueness of the situation and, and blah, blah, blah. At some point you get into a, a, a situation where you're like, what the, how the hell do we even get here? Like death metal, <laughs> like, yeah, those sorts of stories where you're just like, I don't even know what's happening anymore. The stakes are so high. The power is so off the chain. The, the, the cosmic implications are just so crazy, but I mean, Zdarsky's kind of right here with his with his plot, and is it? There's nothing super unique about this confrontation with Darkseid. It's just that one time where you know you can't win every fight, and this was a loss, and this there was nothing unique about it. But here we are, anyways. And I thought that was cool. I I'm really interested to know where we're going with Mongol on all this, because we see his fist and we see him, and he says, "You're out of your jurisdiction." But that's it. Is he supposed to be acting on behalf of the United Planets? Do you think he's acting on his own self-interest? Like maybe he hired Lobo to kill the new gods? What do we What do we think his involvement here is? Because they have to be bringing him in for a reason. He's not just, I mean, he could be, I guess. Is he just muscle? He could be. He could have his own agenda. He could be kind of like how we are figuring out what Sinestro's role is. In the current book that he could have his own agenda. He could be work pulling a snow job over on the Federation just to get what he wants. And but on the surface, seems like he's a good soldier doing in doing doing his part to keep the universe safe. But, of course, this perhaps the biggest mystery in this 
issue is the fact that yes, now we're now we're led to believe that to, we are led to ponder because we assume Lobo is telling the truth. Who basically hired him to bring you know to capture the new gods? So I find that hard to believe that would be that'd be Mongol though. Mongol seems a little too small potatoes for that. Really, with War World and everything. Eh. To, to kill them to kill the new gods yeah i don't i don't see mongol as that kind of on a, on a muscle level i don't see i don't see it i think yeah i think it's got and plus we already the fact that they reveal mongol on this issue along with cyborg superman and things like that it would it would almost seem like it's somebody who they haven't revealed yet especially since what did we determine this is about eight or nine issues I think it's supposed to be eight, but it might have been shortened. Actually, they might have got they might have gotten the axe a little sooner because I'm pretty sure I saw something the other day saying last issue and it wasn't issue eight. So I'm double checking that right now while we're talking. Um, I, there was one thing I wanted to get into about how, but did you want to go into anything about Brainiac uh, Cyborg Superman here? No, because it's 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 kind of hard to figure out where you know where that came from. At least certainly based on just looking at this series as a whole. So. I mean, hard, but it also makes sense because depending on the version of Brainiac you're working with, Brainiac is just tech. So the idea of him embedding himself or Cyborg Superman somehow downloading him or something, that that's an interesting idea. I don't know. Have we played with that concept before? I want to say no. I don't, rem- I don't remember in any major storyline him and Brainiac merging together i'm trying to remember if i even remember them working together but i don't i don't remember them yeah i don't remember them merging together i think this has gotten shortened to um seven i think it's been shortened to seven last ride eight I, i'm just I, i'm doing a search to, for last ride yeah here here we go uh dc previews justice league last ride and quietly or no digital first no okay i thought i was so I think I'll just basically searching for any articles online in relatively recent past that mention anything about last ride eight being canceled and it be, being wrapped up in seven. But yeah, we've been saying, we've been saying eight, but uh, now, because I think that's where we got it at some point, but now I'm seeing justice league last ride seven. It's all been building to this. It, it all culminates in a bombastic finale from which the justice league will emerge eternally changed. So yeah, seven is the final issue. Interesting. Hmm. I'm gonna have to do search on that. No one wants to hear me type and look at stuff on Google. The thing that was interesting to me that this brings up is that there's two things that happen. Superman ditches Hal in the past to face Darkseid alone. And then later on, Batman confirms that Hal is a walking power battery now, which leads me to, I mean, the, the two aren't, directly linked in terms of what's being said but it makes me wonder was Hal injured in all of that so severely that merging somehow with the central power battery energy was the only way to save him it never occurred it never occurred to me basically that whatever Hal is right now in terms of you know is he somehow part starheart is he just the central power battery well like what what is Hal right now? Is he just Ion? Like, what is this? Since we don't know this, it never occurred to me that it could be the result of a of a fatal injury. I suppose it could be. I still think it might be where we talked, like we talked about before, that he basically takes the sen- the power, the central power battery, just to prevent Darkseid from getting it. Yeah, that could be it too. 
I just it it just the the idea of Superman leaving him alone and Hal's very clearly about to get his ass handed to him the second Superman leaves because we already see his construct shattering. So it's not like Superman left and then Hal was holding his own for probably several minutes or whatever. It looks like the minute Superman lost his focus, Hal started struggling hard to the point where Superman dipped as Hal's construct is shattering. So then Darkseid is going at him in those in those panels. So something I, I think something bad happened to Hal. You got this, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting. Have have we known this whole time that this Flash is Wally and not Barry? We talked about this before. I thought, we did? yeah, I I thought I. I mean, now I'm now I'm trying to be consistent. I thought, I think I said that I thought that it was Wally, but then but we were looking for definitive proof that it wasn't Barry. I think that's I think that's the discussion that that we had. Uh, but I thought there was something. I still thought thought there was something in the first issue, or maybe it was a solicit or something that indicated that it that it was Wally. I thought it was the first issue and the way they were interacting that made it, it indicated that in all likelihood it was that it was Wally. But yeah, because they straight up say Wally. So okay, all right. Anything else about this? Are, are, did it did it? I mean, because I know that uh, issue three was a little, eh, like, not necessarily a bad issue, but just not a whole lot there to chew on. How'd you feel about this one? This one was this was better. I think this issue was better because of the fact that it, uh, you certainly get a lot more curveballs thrown at you that are kind of cool moments thrown in this with all the with all the Superman villains popping up. <laughs> and green and some you know, obviously you're tied with Green Lantern too when you look at the. Cyborg Superman and, and and the Manhunters pretty much are oh, you tie them in together. Excuse me. Cy, that Cyborg Superman is just as much of a, if not more of a Green Lantern villain these days. And the Manhunters and Cyborg Superman have been tied together for a while. So it's not surprising wherever wherever he goes, they go. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to read the solicit guys for the next issue as I normally do. See, guys, something something makes me even though they they I'm pretty sure they took it from eight to seven because we've we've done this search a thousand times. We always came away with eight, but now somehow it's seven. The interesting thing about the solicits, though, I think there's something big going to happen because they are hiding stuff in these solicits. Because every time you read, even all the way up to issue seven, uh, the solicit text doesn't tell you anything other than what you already know that. They're on Apocalypse and people are after Lobo. That's essentially all you get. The only thing that you get is issue six. They mention that there's a traitor in their midst. And issue seven, it says who lives, who dies. And uh, it says who lives, some do. Who dies, some do. So apparently people live, people die. And then someone on, on the team... Uh, trying to protect or whatever Lobo is is not on the team. Uh, there's a traitor in their midst. But usually the solicit text kind of gives you a little more hints about where we're going for any given series. I've never seen, well, it's not never. The, the only time I've ever really seen solicits be like so vague with what's coming is when something's coming that's a big deal. 
as of right now, there's not even an image released for Last Ride number six, but there is one released for number seven. So I don't know. What, I don't know some you know whether the it, it the the big reveal that they're hiding is worth it. Who knows? But like, it's interesting to me that they're being so cagey with this little one-off series. Yeah, that 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 would seem to be a pretty high level of secrecy for something that in, on us on some level it's still debatable how how important this is from a continuity perspective or the ramifications perspective so on that level it is kind of unique now we're supposed to assume that dark side died in that battle yes because it could very well just be dark side's not dead <laughs> he could be he could have been the one higher in lobo mm. i don't know it's it's uh since we all know they have dark side on the brain these days at DC. So that you keep waiting for dark side, for dark side to show up, or at least I've been through in this whole series that he's not dead. They're on apocalypse. They're doing this, they're doing that, that it would be, I would be stunned if you found if in the current storyline, if dark side doesn't play some role in this. Yeah, I guess we'll see because we still get flashback. We're getting more and more flashbacks as we go issue by issue. So I guess we'll find out definitively one area. It's hard to remember without actually paging through every single issue we've already reviewed because, you know, we know the story beats, but I forgot if they specifically said the words dark side died or is dead in the comic in a pre- previous issue. Yeah. I don't remember how they, I think it's implied, but I, I think it's implied, but I don't necessarily know that it's um, we've ever been told this directly. Yeah. All right, I think that's gonna do it. What's uh, what's next? Well, let's do some feedback. We've been sitting on this one for eh, not that long, a couple of weeks. All right, this is from Thomas. Uh, hey, Chad, Mark. First, I like that even though you are mainly a GL podcast, you will branch out and talk about other properties. Us too. Yes, very much so. Because Lord knows, if enough, that this would be very, di- very difficult to do if we really felt locked in or if we felt the audience would not accept us to talk doing anything but green lantern stuff certainly right now it would be it would be hard not to put the gun in our mouths constantly uh i'm sure you've had several people reach out already so i'm probably beating a dead horse but maybe i'm wrong but i thought the woman in the trailer was supposed to be shriek talking about the venom trailer just seems like they want to do a maximum carnage without doing maximum carnage especially since it seems they might be paralleling Carnage being part of Cletus's blood with what Chad was saying about Carnage and Cletus almost being fused in the trailer. Keep up the good work. Thomas, P.S., no good place to put this in the email, but I thought you'd enjoy that your theme song scares the hell out of me. I listen to your podcast at work, and I work in a freezer, so I have to have my headphones cranked up over the roar of the AC units. I'm never ready for how loud it is. (laughs) And it is pretty loud. When you do editing on it, you do realize that how, how much louder that is than, than than anything else. Regarding Shriek, that is one of the things that I think Chad kind of thought about that after the fact. I, as we were having that discussion, Shriek popped into my head, but because of my, my lack of DC and Marvel, continu- not continuity, but my, my inability to be able to keep certain characters straight between versions, because there's some characters that have this, you know, and some characters that exist in each universe that have either the same name or similar names, even though they're clearly different characters. My inability to be 100% sure there was a shriek in the Marvel universe prevented me from saying that, even though I probably should have, because I was popped. That was in my head when Chad was talking about 
talking about it. But yeah, we kind of realized that on our own, I think shortly after, but other people have pointed besides you, I think pointed that out to us. Yeah. Shriek. It, 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 it's, it's, it, it, I mean, it is shriek. It's a hundred percent shriek. I didn't even think about it. the reason I haven't thought about it is because all the events are blending together because King and Black was just like very, very recently, but then like we're currently in extreme carnage right now. Like all the symbiote shit is blending together for me at this point because so much of it is happening back to back to back. We've seen Shriek relatively recently, but things have just been so overall symbiote heavy that you just don't even really think about any of the supporting characters if you could really. I mean, Shriek is, you know, primary romantic interest or whatever you could, I guess, say for for Cletus. But I just, yeah, I I I kept thinking Scream for some reason. Uh, I think also because the rumor is that Scream is supposed to be in this film too, but maybe they the people who were you know in charge of that rumor or wherever that came from did the same thing I did and just confused the two. Possible. But obviously, but that movie, that movie got moved. That movie was moved after after we did the trailer. Right. They moved it to October. When we did that, the movie was still supposed to be September, wasn't it? Or did we determine that night it was it had been moved? I forget. Mm, I don't remember. But but either uh, either way, either way, it could be moved again. If you believe if you believe rumors that there for some yeah, reason, I haven't heard anything about that since. So I doubt it. I think we might they know. have to move it very soon. Well, yeah, but look how soon they moved it from September to October. I mean, this they they would be moving it to. The rumor was they were going to move it to January, if they're going to move it. I it's hard to it's hard to know what they're going to do. If they're really going to base this on Shang Chi, I think they're barking up the wrong tree. Because while I firm, firmly expect Shang Chi to at least open up between forty and fifty million dollars, if it doesn't if it does do that but doesn't do more, you can't just blame it on the environment alone because again shang chi is a is a was always a risky property people don't know anything about him a lot of comic fans don't know anything non-comic fans would know nothing about him it was always a risky proposition so if it doesn't open up more than let's say around 50 million dollars especially on labor day weekend which is historically is a real shitty time to release a movie that I don't think that should scare people off, scare you off. And they move, if they, in my opinion, if they moved Venom again because or after Shang-Chi opens, if it's assuming it doesn't have a surprisingly good opening, to me, that would mean my interpretation would be that they are concerned about that movie and how it's going to do, period. That because I would be, because I, I would bet big time money, they, unless there's a dramatic change in the box office, they ain't change, they're not going to move Spider-Man. Nor should they. I just beat friggin' Endgame and like what, what trailer downloads or and views. Spider Man, I think, is a hundred million dollar opening weekend. Assuming it's, I believe this one actually is opening up on a Friday. I have to double check because the previous two opened up like on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But I think it's scheduled for like the seventeenth or eighteenth of December, whatever the hell that Friday is. But if it, assuming it opens up on a regular weekend, I would be stunned if that movie didn't make at least a hundred million dollars, even in the current post height of covid environment because people want to see it black widow made 80 million dollars because people wanted to see it if black a black widow came out next week i think black widow would do 80 million again because people want to see it maybe it might do a little bit better 
people would want to see it. I think that's a huge driving factor in these things. And and so if they moved Venom again, I just think they have serious doubts about the audience for that movie, whether it's there right now. Because I don't and think they'll Jan- move Spider-Man. January isn't a particularly profitable month. No, and, it's not. Yeah. I mean, you get surprises in January. Sometimes you... January and early February has historically been the dumping grounds for movies that you have to release, you have no confidence in, and you need to get it out. Now, that's not why they'd release it in January. They release it in January, A, probably hoping the box office environment would be better, and B, because there isn't much, there isn't going to be much competition. But historically, yes, I mean, you get a lot of, you get a lot of horror movies released in January. And mind you, a lot of these movies make decent bank because of the fact that it's not, also because of lack of competition. But the reality is, yeah, if they moved, if they moved Venom again, uh, let there be carnage again. I would, I would wonder internally whether they really think that that movie is going to do anything or that in, in any kind that they are, because if they're going to keep continually pushing the movie back every single time there's a bump in the road, because who knows? I mean, assuming the box office gets back to what we, what was normal before we don't know when that's going to be. It seems like there's a, and we can talk about, I don't want to cut off the thought, any more thoughts on the email. This can segue into our next segment. I can talk about some of this anyway, but yeah, but go yeah. ahead. You sure? Is, is there yeah. I don't else? have anything else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think the one thing that's been going on with movie going, it's not, and there's some polling that backs this up. The people that are going to the movies don't seem overly concerned about the Delta variant, which would make sense because especially with so many chains now, which I don't agree with, but so many chains making it, making you have to show proof of vaccination and even be able to go to the movies that if you, if you were going before, but you still were a little concerned, even though obviously you can catch it from someone who's vaccinated just as easily, but you probably would have more confidence because at least everybody in that theater theoretically has to be vaccinated now when before they didn't. But that's only one reason why I, I think I think the reason if there's anything that's happened over the past year plus, it might make people a lot more picky about what they're going to see. Not necessarily because they're afraid of going to the theater. There's some people that obviously would be a factor, but even the idea that so much has been available streaming, it's that you can watch a lot of the stuff at home. And even if you can't watch it when it's day and date, you know, within like a month, two months max, the stuff's going to be able to be rented like an Amazon prime or something. So I think people prioritize differently what they want to see in the theater. And if it's something they really want to see, especially if it's the only way to see it, they'll go to the theater. So I don't have any doubt that Spider-Man still going to do very. I mean, is Spider-Man going to do as well as it would have done, you know, in a non-COVID you know, world? No, because I don't think so. But I think but I don't think there's any reason to believe Spider-Man is not going to have a really, really good opening because the want to see factor on that is very, very high. So you look at and you look at some of the movies. Let's bring Free Guy into this, because that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about. One of the arguments people tried to use against why the Suicide Squad tanked, besides the HBO Max factor, was the fact that, oh, it's, um, you know, it's the it's 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 COVID. It's the Delta variant. People are afraid. But now we've had like three weeks, one week before, three weeks after Suicide Squad, in which you've had three different movies, I think, exceed expectations. You had. Jungle Cruise before the Suicide Squad, Free Guy after the Suicide Squad. Both of those movies made more money than the Suicide Squad did, too. 
And I believe Candyman exceeded slightly maybe the expectation, the projections for that. But it did very well considering it's the last week of August, which is yet, which is another historical dumping ground for movies. So it had a very respectable opening under for any circumstance. Just like I think it was Grace Randolph that kind of said she was half kidding, but she's true. But it, it was true that it's like the 28.2 or whatever free guy opened up to. That would have been a big opening weekend for Ryan Reynolds if there had never been a pandemic, a non, you know, a non Deadpool opening for him. That would be huge. That was huge. So that was a really, really good opening. And it might actually mean that maybe Ryan Reynolds has finally crossed over into the position where he's not going to put a billion asses in the seats, but he might be able to open movies consistently, let's say between 18 and $30 million, depending on, on what the project is. But people were interested in that movie. And I think, I think it benefited. My analysis is, is it benefited from the, from the pandemic. You take away the pandemic. If this was released last year, like it was supposed to, which I think was December last year, I think I would have tanked. I have no doubt in my, my honest opinion, I think I would have tanked. It just had, ta- it just had tank written all over it, a bomb written all over it to me. But it opened at the right time. It was an original property. You had to see it in the theater. You couldn't you couldn't see it on Disney Plus, partially because it was a Fox project originally. So it, there's contractual obligations that are already in line. In fact, I believe Free Guy actually will end up on HBO Max before it ends up on Disney Plus because it was one of those Fox projects that was already contractually obligated and divvied out before the before um, the, the Disney merger took place. But I don't think the Delta variant's the main reason why like the Suicide Squad didn't do well. I think it's because interested in the project and HBO Max in its day and date has killed the Warner Brothers slate across the board. Absolutely. So I I I think I just think that constantly moving these movies at this stage, I think there's an audience. I think people will go if they want to see the movie. There's just a lot of movies people don't want to see. They're not it's not relevant to go see. I mean, I saw the protege. I thought it was interesting. You could certainly see why a lot of people would wait for that to show up either on streaming or when you can rent it for like six bucks when it's on Amazon Prime. You know, it's really not it's really not a big deal to justify going to the theater, especially for people with, you know, for financial concerns, too. And after after last year. Now, the only other thing I want to say, which is not related to this, but I've been sitting on this damn thing for like a month. So there's spoilers in here for anybody who cares. And I don't know how many people will at this point. Because the movie's been out for a long time. Plus, it's a, it's available for you know for rental now. So, but this is about Snake Eyes. Because this, I God, for people who used to moan and bitch about how you know Wolverine X Men Origins was like the the lead standard for origin for poorly executed or unnecessary origin movies. Well, we have a new champion, and that would be Snake Eyes. Because if you, we've seen so many movies where the villains. We saw about how the villains really weren't villains to start with. They were kind of heroes and they and they got shafted, you know, whether it's um, like Dracula Untold, which actually was a pretty enjoyable movie or Maleficent. We've seen t- that's been the in thing for like about 10, 10 or so years doing villains as kind of like heroes that, and, and done wrong. So I guess it makes sense that we were eventually we're going to have the pendulum swing in a world where a lot of people don't like look. People don't like to accept that there is good and there's evil there's a whole lot of gray area that now we're going to have movies about heroes in which the hero is essentially an asshole but eventually he may end up being the hero that you remember but to get to that point he's got to be a real jerk to start with and that's what you would and that's what snake eyes was all about it was he was the most unlikable morally challenged character uh storm shadow was clearly the best character in that movie 
as I've joked, I joked around you know, to many people about with this, that if they had called the movie Storm Shadow G.I. Joe Origins, it would have been a really good movie because you understood Storm Shadow and you understand that he kind of got shafted in this and he tried to do the right thing all the time in this movie. Meanwhile, Snake Eyes just kept betraying him left and right and had his own hidden agenda. And then when he realized he was in the beginning, he didn't realize he was working for the bad guys. And then even after he did, he didn't care because all he was looking for was revenge, personal revenge. So he didn't even care that he was betraying uh, Snake Eyes. Uh, he was betraying Storm Shadow again or working for Cobra. He didn't even care that he was once he knew they were terrorists. And he at that point, he still didn't care. So it, it, it's just a really shitty movie completely changing everything you you know about snake eyes and then it's just an un, very unsatisfying movie so it's just been bothered it's been bothering me since it's such a steaming such a steaming pot I, I was almost like and i don't have a huge i mean i know my some of my gi joe stuff and i like snake eyes and everything so i know enough but i have no emotional attachment to the franchise really either the movies or a little bit to the tv to the animated show but that started up right when i was kind of get in the age that i was moving out from that like i have the, i have the original snake eyes figure i got like the first wave of those original gi joe figures when they came out the smaller ones the three and three quarter but still i just i was like in dumb amazement at the end when this when this movie ended it's like it's like wow it's like they were, he's supposed to be the hero for the movie and yet he's such an asshole <laughs> it's like why would you root for this guy <laughs> that's it <laughs> Yeah, the, the the media blitz, especially on YouTube for all the Snake Eyes previews and stuff, was insane. Uh, I I I think I talked about it on the show how vocal I was like, Jesus Christ, can we stop with this ad blitz for Snake Eyes, guys? I got free two free tickets to use to go see Snake Eyes. Speaking of Mark's thing earlier about going to the theater and box office stuff, I got two free tickets to be used basically anywhere. Uh, for as long as Justice, or for as long as Snake Eyes was in in theaters, uh, for its entire theatrical run to go see at any time, and I gave them away. <laughs> I, I I told the comic shop my LCS who gave them to me. Uh, I said just give them to somebody else, or you guys go, or whatever. I just I I had no issue. I had no interest in seeing a movie for free. <laughs> And and I I honestly didn't I didn't think I really didn't think it was going to be that bad. I mean I I know just you know just making the changes that they made and having having Henry Golding be the uh, be Snake Eyes and it's like okay I mean based on the way things were working in Hollywood these days it's not surprising that uh, for lack of a better term since people like to say whitewashing yellow washing of 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 snake eyes and making him asian when of course historically like he is not he is a white he's a white character but i like henry golding that you know that's something that for a character that usually wears a mask anyway i that (laughs) to me that wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be a a make or break kind of thing but the fact that a character that never talks and there's a reason he doesn't talk well in this movie you have none of that nor do you even get to the point at the end where he takes a vial of silence or anything that's not in this movie either he does all the wrong things and then just and then and then has a, a brief change of heart at the end. And then meanwhile, Tommy is ca- snake uh, storm shadow is cast out. And yet, oh, we love you, snake eyes. And they give him his armor and stuff at the end. It's like, I'm going to go bring Tommy home. It's like, well, you've done enough to fuck it up already. So and meanwhile, now, of course, storm shadow is basically found a home in Cobra and the rest and the rest is going to be history. But it's like the reality is it's like, yeah, it's like. 
I know even in the in the other movies, they kind of had a little bit of, especially the second one, Retaliation. They had the aspect of Storm Shadow that had some nobility to him, that he wasn't beyond redemption because he ended up joining, you know, and fighting alongside the G.I. Joes, even in that movie. And that's fine. But again, like I said, if this movie was Storm Shadow Origins, it would actually be quite good. But since you're supposed to care about Snake Eyes, but you don't because he's an asshole and he keeps screwing people over left and right. Everybody who everybody who trusts him and brings him in is like, oh, uh, and then you think then you think that he's had his moment where he's actually he's uh, realized the error of his ways. And he and he you know cuts his hand so they can do you know like the blood oath with Tommy. He's like, oh, no, he's not doing that. He's only doing that so he can get Tommy's blood on a, on a, a DNA sample because the MacGuffin in the movie is a bio, is a DNA biological lock. So basically he needs a member of the family in order to be able to steal the item that every, that all the bad guys want. So it's like, you got, you just, it's, 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 it's bad. I mean, some movies bomb because it's the wrong environment and wrong time, even though this movie just sucked. So we got exact, it got exactly what it deserved. I mean, I really wish I was on my call I really wish I'd gone to see old instead because they both both old and snake eyes opened up on the same day. So the Thursday night we went to go see snake eyes. That wasn't my call. But at the end of the day, I really wish I had seen old instead, just because even if it sucked, at least I, I already know this one sucked. I would roll the dice and maybe that one would be a little bit, at least interesting. This one wasn't even overly interesting. Yeah. I had no interest in either. I might see Free Guy at some point digitally somewhere. Who knows? But no, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Reynolds is just pissing me off. Yes, yeah. I I was gonna say. I mean, I have I have I've kind of grown in this animosity now with Ryan Reynolds is kind of for me, especially since you know we thought maybe he kind of turned the corner and not to not run down Green Lantern after that little pre the little viewing on St. Patrick's Day or whatever, but obviously no. He's still he's still kicking the douchiness up, you know, when it comes to when it comes to that. So I I'm not gonna lie, I did I I was I was kind of hoping that this movie was gonna tank. Uh and I still like I said, I still believe it. Under normal circumstances it would have. I think this was a really odd perfect storm where it caught people's eye now because there wasn't a lot of a lot of stuff to compete with it. And it wasn't original IP and Ryan Reynolds definitely pushed it. And maybe now with another year under his, maybe Ryan Reynolds has branched out a tad as far as what his appeal is. But still, it's like, hey, you got, you, you got another property now. Maybe you can stop. No, he's still going to talk shit about Green Lantern. So until he stops talking shit about Green Lantern, I'm not going to be rooting for him to really succeed in much. But I might. I knew I was never I knew I wasn't going to see it in the theater. I'm luckily it wasn't a conflict. It wasn't like I was being asked to go see it. But. When it's on HBO Max or something, or or Disney Plus eventually, I might watch it, but it's not high priority to me anyway. The con- even the con- even the concept is you, the concept is original. I lo- that so that's cool. But again, I don't video game enough at the at the moment where it that draws that. I'm trying to think of the best word, but it it does not resonate. That's the word I couldn't find. It doesn't resonate with me like it would for other people who can say, oh, that's really really clever. It's like. Yep, it is what it is. Uh, so one final thing I wanted to mention. I forgot that it, it showed up on Twitter and everything. Else, so the countdown to DC Fandom. Oh, yes. I'm sending you a link right now. This is an official DC Comics URL. So therefore, this is an official image created by DC. 
Is that the one with Black Adam in the middle? Yeah. Yeah, I saw. I, I did see the. Tell well, me, what do you find interesting about this particular image? Yeah, give me one second. Let's take a look. Give me a hint. Am I looking for something that's there or something that's not there? Something that's there that's related to our show. Well, I know John Stewart was there. I had seen that before. Yeah, so that's the thing. Every single one of these images points to something. We know that there's a Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go sort of thing. We know our DC superhero girls. We know Supergirl's coming to end. We know Titans just got season three released. Aquaman 2 is coming up. Superman and Lois just ended. The Batman is coming. We got the Suicide Squad movie with Peacemaker. We got the Flash news. We got Black Adam, Batwoman. We've got the, the crypto movie, the CGI thing. That Harley that's behind Batwoman right there, that's the Harley from the Suicide Squad game. Um, we got Stargirl, we got uh, Batgirl right there, and that's from that uh, new DC Arkham game. So, like, we know what all of this is in reference to. Why is Jon Stewart there? Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interest. That that is interesting, especially when there's so little comic book related. That's what. Yeah, nothing here. They're they're just using. They're they're only two comic book images here. Wonder Woman and Jon Stewart. Wonder Woman is there very clearly because it's the 80th anniversary of of uh, of Wonder Woman coming up, and that's being celebrated in a big way. Is that image right there is from the Jon Stewart uh, 75 years or was it 75 years? I think it's 75 or 70 or 60 years or whatever. The hardcover that just came out. Yeah, it does look like that. Um... So is this about the anniversary? That's one possibility. Or are we going to be talking about the Green Lantern series and or movie at DC Fandom this time? The only reason we're using the comic book image is because they don't want to put out an official image from the show and or movie before they do a big announcement. It very well could be related to the TV show, which is still odd that they'd be showing Jon Stewart since he's not supposed to be part of the TV show. Yeah. But again, it could be just as wouldn't surprise us these days to have somebody not know their shit at DC, just grabbing it. Oh, let's grab a green lantern or as long as it's not how we're good. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think it could, I could be related to a movie, but it's likely related to the TV show. But they, but last year in fandom, they did, they talked about stuff with, with comics too, right? They did. So that it, it could be related to the, it could be related to the Thorn book. Uh, mm, I doubt it really. But line, the only thing Green Lantern we had last year was the origami. That is true, but they teased stuff. They they spit the bit on it, but they had teased they had teased some ha- some Green Lantern imagery and stuff before. Yeah. Uh, we talked about what that was the case for Green Lantern episode, right? Yeah, I think we I think we had met we yeah we had mentioned fa- fandom and that too. I don't know. It's it it is interesting because he is relatively front and center. Obviously, uh, the Rock is really front and center, along with the oversized bat Batman image, but and Peacemaker for the TV show. That's why he's really there. But yes, you that but he's from the from the movie going for going into his series. Yeah, it's. It is interesting. Oh, I guess we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to see. And the Flash, of course, from the Flash from the pseudo Flashpoint Michael Keaton movie, mm-hmm. which I is can't interesting. Figure out who the black masked person between Black Adam and uh, Catwoman? Batman. I think it's oh, Catwoman. Oh, that's Catwoman. I think it's Catwoman. 
Yeah. Probably from the Pattinson movie. I think that might be what, okay. what's her face. Uh, was it Kravitz? Is it Kravitz? Is it Zoe Kravitz? I, I, I think don't so. Know. Don't ask me actors' names. Uh, but I, but yeah, I bet you that's, I bet you that is, I think that's supposed to be Catwoman from the Pattinson movie. Kind of interesting in a way they, well, maybe not because they could have used an old image. I was going to say it's interesting that they don't have any Michael Keaton, like a Michael Keaton image, but they could have just, but they probably want to, they probably want to hold the reveal of, of either him as Bruce Wayne or certainly him back in costume until, until a trailer. I, I mean, I, I wanted to bring this up because of the Green Lantern stuff, because either guys, it's either movie slash film news. They're hyping up the anniversary of John Stewart. Or as 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 Mark mentioned, they're going to be talking about the Thorn book somehow. But I really doubt they will, because I don't know how because Wonder Woman's comic image is there because it's her 80th anniversary. And we know they're going ham. There's a bunch of Wonder Woman books and solicits and stuff. Just just trust me that it it's a hundred percent a comic image of Wonder Woman because they're going to be talking about the 80th anniversary. Um, but because we already know what that means, it's so interesting that John Stewart is there. If the purpose of him being there is to talk about Thorne's book, because I don't think that's it based on the context of the other things here. So that leads me to, that leads me to think either a, it's also anniversary related or b they're talking film or movie. I find it hard to believe it'd be anniversary related. I do, but we're but we're not going to know. I mean, it could very easily go. It could go several ways. So we're not going to really know that for a while. But but at least there's a, at least this year there seem there on the surface there seem to be more things that interest me about fandom. So maybe the yeah we might we might need a fandom episode because I would think maybe another trailer for the Batman, maybe a teaser or behind the scenes stuff for Aquaman and the lost kingdom. I would think another trailer, an actual trailer for league of super pets or teaser. Same thing with Shazam and the fury of the gods, uh, maybe teaser slash uh, behind the scenes footage, something like that. See, just, I mean, just we, you and I talk about movies. So just those alone, that would give us content if we didn't even want to expand further on the two, the two games here, the Peacemaker series, the CW stuff, the HBO Max, Titans and Doom Patrol series, stuff like that. I think there's going to be at least film content to talk about out of this one. So we might need a DC Fandom episode when this happens. By the way, guys, uh, Fandom is on the 16th of October. Wow, Shang Chi is two hours and twelve minutes. That's surprisingly long, considering. Um, just happened to notice. I'm looking at the release schedules. That's so it wasn't entirely a random interjection. No, you're good. I'm trying to. I'm try off the top of my head. I'm trying to remember. Let's go into 2022. Which WB DC movies are actually coming out this year, and you mean next year? Next year, because it's the Batman for the sure. Ba- yeah, the Batman. The Batman was a given. I'm trying, I was, but there's been so many things that have been pushed back. It's hard from my God, death on the Nile, which I think was supposed to come out last year. doesn't, isn't coming out to 2022. Yeah. The Batman is supposed to be March 4th. So that, and I think super pets too. Is supposed yeah. To that, be that would make super pets would make sense. I'm just trying to remember black Adam is supposed to be next year. I'm scrolling through. I'm up to, I'm into may obviously. Yeah. DC league of super pets, May 20th. Because there's a whole bunch of untitled WB event films, and I don't know what the hell that means. They may not even know what that means, with all due respect. I'm just trying to see if there's any more 
there's any more of these when Black like when Black Adam was supposed to come out. Like Black Adam, July 29th. Hey, they're making a I didn't know they were making a movie movie of Lyle Lyle Crocodile. <laughs> That's a Sony movie, baby. <laughs> uh go back to the childhood. So Shazam's not next year? No. Oh, they're finally releasing the Puss in Boots sequel, like 55 years too late. That's in September. So Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, the Flash is next year. The Flash, November 4th. Well, for now, I don't think that's going to stay. Well, we'll have to see what kind of things get. Um, we'll have to. The good news for, for DC is that they don't have a lot. They don't have that many. And actually, and so an Aquaman is December. So pretty much Shazam is the one that's not of the ones we've, we've talked about. Shazam is about the only one that's not supposed to be next year. They're supposed, so it's, so they're supposed to have the flash, the Batman, Aquaman and black Adam, whether that's happens or not. It's another story, but you would think at least one of those will probably get pushed and then it's caused and then caused the chain reaction. So one will probably get pushed to 2023 Aquaman being very likely considering that December 16th, doesn't take much to push it into 2023 to begin with, but yeah, so it should be, should be interesting. So yeah, Fandom might something wouldn't, would be worth talking about. Well, from, from this one image, we'll see what the actual. Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, you're of, right. It could be, it could yeah. be absolutely nothing, but I'm just, I'm just saying based on it's possible. It's can't say it's probable, but it's certainly highly possible that it'd be something uh, of interest or at least enough of interest to at least talk about it. Even if it's not 100% its own episode, but be the lead in the main topic of the episode. Sure. All right. If people want to reach out to us, how do they do so? Lanterncast.com. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Hashtag GLCast to track us down there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So whichever platforms you you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, for a, send us a text or a voicemail, 708-LANTERN, 708-LANTERN, and let us know what you think. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.